When we surveyed our audience, one of the common questions we got was, which is better for nasolabial folds, botulinum toxin or dermal filler? Now, I was quite surprised by this because in my mind, they're not really that interchangeable, but let's understand why. So let's just start with the basics, remembering that botulinum toxin relaxes muscle, dermal filler increases the volume underneath the skin or possibly can strengthen the surface of the skin or treat a wrinkle directly. So they really are quite different in how they work. So the only way that you might affect the nasolabial fold is if there's quite a strong levator labii elect nasi muscle. So this is the muscle that elevates, creates that snarl appearance. So if someone has an active muscle like that and you relax it, you effectively would decrease a shadow or an over-elevated top lip. In fact, this is the same injection as you would use to treat a gummy smile. So this is one of the problems with it, is by decreasing the strength of the muscles in the lower face, you often have knock-on effects. So you will change the nature of someone's smile. Sometimes this can change their character somewhat in terms of how they appear to other people. So they look like they're giving a different kind of smile, maybe a less enthusiastic smile or a fake smile. And it's one of the reasons I'm always cautious with, with treating the lower face with botulinum toxin. Now, dermal filler is essentially occupying space. So it is pushing out the line from behind so you get less of a shadow through projection rather than decreasing the shadow through stopping the muscle from pulling inwards and causing a shadow. So they're working in very different ways, which means they're only going to work in different patients. You, you wouldn't treat someone who had a natural snarl or a gummy smile with dermal filler in the same way because you, it may be more appropriate just to relax that muscle as a less invasive treatment. Similarly, if someone has got a shadow due to volume loss, then the right thing is to replace the volume with a dermal filler rather than relax the muscle, because that may have unintended consequences in terms of how their face moves. So if you're going to do a dermal filler treatment, a very common question we got is, what's the best way to do it? Should we use a needle or should we use a cannula? Now, in my mind, the needle cannula choice is largely around safety. And I do believe in this area that cannula will be a safer option. You will probably, as a gentle injector, and that's important because if you're rough, you can still get vascular occlusions and very bad ones if you're in a nasolabial fold. So we need a gentle injector with a cannula would probably be less likely to cause a vascular occlusion than a gentle injector with a needle. And that's simply because cannulas don't go into vessels very easily. The downside with a cannula is that you tend to be spending more time in an intermediate layer. Now, the whole point of cannulas is that they don't go through stronger connective tissue like arteries, but that also means they tend to stay in the fatty layer. Now, you can obviously push them in, but the harder you need to push, the harder it is to get there, the more likely you're going to cause an injury anyway and still go into, into a vessel. So the downside of cannulas is that they stay in the fatty layer as a general rule. And this is going to give you a slightly different result and possibly less stable over the long term, I often think about filler as I would, you know, if you're in the ocean and you're swimming along the bottom and there are waves on top, you don't feel them. It's a lot like that with filler. The more, the more superficial you get, the more the filler is likely to move around. I love the stability that you get when you're deep. That's not something you can get very easily with a cannula. So the benefit with needle is exactly that. I can place it deep onto the periosteum. Um, I can create an instant result that I, that I think will last a long time but it's not suitable for an entire nasolabial fold. And this is where cannula becomes very useful. So you can treat a nasolabial fold with an injection in the piriform fossa at the ala base, and you can project it forward so you have less of a shadow, but you can't do that same injection if the nasolabial fold runs all the way down to the oral commissure. So this is where a cannula becomes much more useful because I wouldn't want to stick a needle in the intermediate 
fatty layer of the nasolabial fold because that's where the artery tends to dip. Hopefully the facial artery is slightly lateral, but it can sometimes snake into the nasolabial fold. So it's much safer, I think, to use a cannula in this particular area. So if you're treating an entire nasolabial fold, my go-to instrument would be a cannula. So what about the most severe nasolabial folds? What do I do when it's particularly deep? Now this is when a multi-layered approach really helps. So you can actually use all the things we've discussed in the show. I tend to start with a deep treatment. So in the deepest layer on the periosteum in the piriform fossa, I would do a stabilizing injection that stabilizes the mid face in terms of movement, but also just creates a little bit of projection. The next layer up is the fasci layer where I'd use a cannula to layer some product to create some resistance to the movement and some volume. And then above that, you can use a needle to treat any creases. So you literally go in the dermis and the mid dermis with the needle and treat the crease. And if it's really bad, you can do a horizontal injection. So at 90 degrees to the actual crease, you layer three or four injections to resist the movement of the cheek down. And of course, there's the rest of the face to talk about. I know we all like treating cheeks first, and I do recommend that as well. But in terms of just what you do on a nasolabial fold, maybe you, after you've done the upper face, then I would be doing it in that sequence and you can also add some botulinum toxin as well if you need to but typically i would do it in that sequence predominantly with filler because i think it's more effective for the lower face how would you tell if your patient needed surgery instead of filler so this is down to a holistic assessment of the whole face what is the quality of their skin how much sagginess is there how much tissue descent is there because obviously with a filler you are limited in terms of how much how much lift you can create and it's at best a mild lift so it doesn't suit people who are much older with much more tissue descent we need to think more holistically but that would be the key for me is that if you've got a fold that is very difficult to lift out maybe if you're palpating them it feels like there's just a heavy amount of tissue leaning over so you're never going to pull tissue that's actually folded over very easily you can project out create a little bit of unfolding but if it's really slumped over onto the nasolabial fold you know you've got that nasolabial fat pad that's actually resting on top of the crease um, then it's going to be much harder to do it may just cost too much for the patient have too short of a, of a result to warrant that level of cost and um, but also be a milder result then it's better to ask the opinion of your local plastic surgeon. So I hope that helps. Let us know what you think in the comments. Remember to drop your questions in so that we can get ideas for future shows. Thank you very much for watching.